0: This is the Aspen Public Radio Newscast. I'm your host Eleanor Bennett here with your top stories this Friday. Carbondale is getting ready to replace its only temporary refugee shelter at the Third Street Center with two shelters that will only be open at night and together have even less capacity. Former Roaring Fork Schools Superintendent Rob Stein has been helping the town set up a new shelter system through the winter. He says there have been 65 people sleeping at the current shelter on some nights, and the two new locations can only sleep about 40 people total. And so, yeah, I'm concerned that we don't yet have enough um, spots for people to stay. And the nights have been very cold. Um, There are already some people sleeping in cars. And so we have not given up looking for a way to expand our capacity. Stein says Carbondale is still looking for more possible shelters to get people through the winter. And he's hopeful that nearby towns, churches and community groups might help. The two new shelters at Carbondale's Town Hall and the United Methodist Church are expected to open as soon as the town finalizes a management agreement with a regional nonprofit. But Stein says the process is taking longer than expected, putting a strain on the Third Street Center and Latino advocacy group, Vosa Sunidas, who stepped up to temporarily manage the shelter. The town has been slower than probably needed us and Third Street would have liked. We lack organizational infrastructure and we lack community-wide capacity to respond to something like this. And, um, my hope is that we're learning now. And so if this is ever to happen in the future, the community will be better prepared to move more quickly in response. Stein says the nonprofit they're hoping will manage the new shelter system has experience operating shelters for people who are unhoused but has not managed a refugee shelter and will need to hire more Spanish-speaking staff. The city of Aspen finished repairing a damaged line in its electrical grid yesterday that was responsible for the downtown power outage last Friday. Alexander has more. Justin Foreman, the city's Utilities Department Director, expects to return electricity to the primary electric line today and says they'll continue to investigate the cause of the damage. He said that the city has ruled out tampering as a cause for the outage and that the damage is likely due to the failure of the aging infrastructure. Foreman added that if they find more issues and the line needs to be replaced, that will be prioritized in the city's 15-year conduit replacement project. The city was able to return power to many businesses businesses within 30 to 40 minutes last Friday, but some businesses in the downtown core were without power for almost two hours, disrupting kitchen services and payment operations during one of Aspen's busiest times of the year. Foreman says if businesses want to be resilient to future outages, they can invest in backup generators and batteries. For Aspen Public Radio News, I'm Hallie Zander. Raises and additional benefits implemented last year for RAFTA employees are paying off. The Glenwood Springs Post Independent reports the Transportation Authority has received an increase in driver applicants and experienced less turnover. CEO Dan Blankenship says that Rafta is almost fully staffed when it comes to its drivers, which is an improvement from this time last winter. He says they're still hoping to hire about 20 percent more staff, and January will be a challenging month, but they're on track to make more routes and buses available by early February. New hires for Rafta can expect a starting salary of $33 an hour, a free ski pass, access to employee housing, and benefits like health insurance, paid time off, and the option to work overtime. Applications are available on Rafta's website. Garfield County commissioners want to make sure that methane capture can still take place in the Thompson Divide if a proposed mineral withdrawal goes into effect this year. The Federal Department of the Interior will decide this spring if mining and oil and gas activities will be banned in the area for the next 20 years. But Garfield County commissioners say they want to continue methane capture at sites in the withdrawal area and want the Forest Service to clarify that this should still be allowed. Methane capture is the process of taking methane emitted from sites like old coal mines and using it to generate electricity. The Thompson Divide spans nearly 225,000 acres across Garfield, Picken, and Gunnison counties. While the dry spell seems to be turning around, it's already taken a toll in much of the state. The amount of snow that's collected in key Colorado watersheds is much lower than it typically is this time of year. Snowpack in all of the state's basins are tracking lower than the 30-year average. The Roaring Fork watershed snowpack is also low at about 83% of average for this time of year. Climate scientists say drought is likely to worsen in much of the West in the coming decades. A cold front also began sweeping through Colorado yesterday. High temperatures here in the valley will be in the 20s and 30s for the next several days, with lows in the single digits and teens. The National Weather Service warns there will be snow and slick roads for folks in the mountains. Aspen Snowmass Mountains and Sunlight were reporting two to seven inches of fresh snow this morning. More snow is in the forecast today with a break in the storms tomorrow and a return to stormy weather on Sunday. Similar conditions are expected for southern Colorado, and most of the state's snow will fall in the Four Corners region. In local arts and culture news, a new exhibition at the Aspen Art Museum turns a basement level gallery into a cave like space that prompts visitors to think about their impact on the environment. Kaya Williams has more on the show called From Mines to Caves
1: artist Colleen Smith got started on the idea in 2022. She had the chance to reimagine the extractive site of Aspen's smuggler mine in a more natural state as a cave. On the walls of dank tunnels cut into the hillside, Smith projected videos of wildlife mountains and mining materials now she's compiled them into a film with some previously unseen content that plays on a loop at the museum the whole film is a kind of incantation to return things to a more natural state i guess which is what my wish would be for the whole planet in some regard her new show also features other artworks like a massive dripping candle The layers of wax evoke the topography of planet Earth, melting and changing as the wicks burn. We don't exist if this planet doesn't allow it. And so that's like a a kind of regard that we need to have for the places that we live in. That's really crucial and becoming more and more crucial every day. From Mines to Caves is open through early April. From the Edless Neeson Arts and Culture Desk, I'm Kaya Williams.
0: In other arts news, the art base in Basalt is showing two exhibitions this month. One features works by a group of women who helped found the Wiley Community Arts Center, which evolved into the art base, they were known as the Wiley Coyotes and later acquired another nickname, the Backhoes. Another exhibition in the gallery is called Art in Process, organized by Raina Katzenberger. Guest artists and gallery visitors are encouraged to contribute to the project with a focus more on the process of art making than the product. The Wiley Coyotes show will have an opening reception on Friday next week, and the Art in Process show will have a closing reception on February 2nd. Two community leaders will be crowned Winter Skull Royalty next week at the official kickoff to the festival in Aspen. This year's honorees are Wendy Mitchell, who started the restaurant Meat and Cheese downtown, and Caleb Cook, who runs the local nonprofit Cook Inclusive. Cook Inclusive runs programs for LGBTQ folks and people with disabilities. In statewide news, Colorado lawmakers are urging the Postmaster General to take immediate action to improve postal service in the state. CPR's Caitlin Kim reports.
2: In a letter, Senators John Hakenlooper and Michael Bennett and Representatives Brittany Pedersen and Joe Nagoose urge Postmaster General Louis DeJoy to act on all the recommendations from a recent Inspector General report about service in Colorado's mountain towns. Those include looking at pay increases and cost of living adjustments to retain employees, and better training. The lawmakers write that action is necessary to ensure Colorado communities are properly serviced by the USPS. The four Democrats added they're committed to helping implement the recommendations by April 30th. Poor service has been a problem in many communities across the state in recent years. In Washington,
0: DC, I'm Caitlin Kim, CPR News. That recent Inspector General report included several post offices in our area. According to the Aspen Daily News, the audit showed staffing issues and improper handling and delivery of mail at the Aspen post office, as well as inadequate communication, training, and oversight. Those same issues, plus transportation scheduling and truck delays, were found to be a problem at the Glenwood Springs post office. In Glenwood, the average amount of understaffing was 14 percent compared to 26 percent in Aspen. A high-ranking Republican from the state legislature has jumped into the race to replace Congressman Ken Buck in one of the reddest districts in the state. CPR's Caitlin Kim reports. Representative Mike Lynch, who serves as
2: minority leader at the Colorado House, has joined the crowded Republican primary field for the 4th Congressional District. Lynch says he likes the job of legislating and has the experience needed to take it to the next level. I've got... A whole bunch of bills in this state with my name on them Um, obviously in being in the minority you have to learn how to uh, get things done even though the the odds aren't in your favor Um, and you know kind of a constant mission impossible there are nine Republicans in the primary including Congresswoman Lauren Boebert who's abandoning a run for re-election in her district to run in the fourth in Washington DC I'm Caitlin Kim CPR News
0: The Aspen Public Radio Newscast is produced by our news team, which includes Hallie Zander, Caroline Yanez, Kaya Williams, and me, your host, Eleanor Bennett. You can listen to the show every weekday morning on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.